Hey everybody, it is Friday, February 16th, 2018, and you're listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. Uh, This podcast is a car show. We talk about car news, car culture, and car whatever, and I'm your host, Brad Eisenlake. Uh, We're coming back after a little bit of a break. Uh, Took uh, two weekends off due to issues with scheduling, weather, car shows, things like that. Uh, So yeah, I had promised to do the Chicago Auto Show as a daily update kind of thing uh, in the way that I did Detroit. And boy, oh boy, was this year's Chicago Auto Show not worth doing for that. Um, We'll break down some of the news stories that kind of came out of that. There's only a few things worth highlighting. we can also kind of integrate a little bit of a personal experience situation from the West Michigan International Auto Show, uh, which makes it sound much more important than what it is. Um, it's basically the stopgap uh, between Detroit and Chicago every year. They, this, uh, this year they celebrated 20 years of doing it, which is insane to think about. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I did get to see a couple of cars from the Detroit, so, or Detroit show, so I can talk a little bit about that. And then uh, lastly... I don't know. We'll see if there's another extra segment to stick in there. There was one news story broke today, so maybe we'll integrate that with some of the other stuff. But uh, without further ado, we'll jump in to the Chicago Auto Show news section after the bump. So a little bit of news about Subaru, uh, both current and from the Chicago Auto Show. Uh, they are celebrating their 50th anniversary here in the United States in 2018. And to commemorate the occasion, they're offering special edition versions of pretty much all of their vehicles uh, starting now, this year. Um, there's going to be 1,050 versions of the Legacy, the Outback, and the Forester, all that come in heritage blue with special chrome trim and a black leather interior. Um, But the numbers are going to be a little bit lower for the WRX, the STI, and the BRZ. Those ones are going to be a couple hundred each that all together total 1,050. As far as like whether or not it comes with a huge price premium, I'm not 100% sure. I don't believe these are up on the website yet to configure. I think you're going to have to just come across one at a dealership. Uh, I would expect a bit of a markup. Uh, I think that's probably pretty fair. But nevertheless, it's a really cool color. It's like a really beautiful kind of steel bluish gray color. And that chrome trim looks great as an accent. So, you know, these are going to be cool future collector items. Uh, Definitely a little bit more robust than the uh, anniversary edition of, I'm thinking of a more recent one, like the Toyota Corolla anniversary edition that just happened recently. Although it did come with a very cool purple color, uh, I think there was a specialty green color too. Um, Nevertheless, those didn't really pop in the way that these ones did. Uh, But in other news, Subaru did announce today uh, that we have final pricing for the 2019 Ascent SUV. The uh, Ascent is a three-row crossover SUV, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Basically, think of this as the successor to the uh, Tribeca or the B9 Tribeca, whatever you want to call it, the uh, somewhat ill-fated midsize crossover SUV thing. Um, This one goes on sale very soon. Um, They're going to start at about $33,000 with Destination, which does put it above uh, where the uh, Honda Ridgeline, Honda Pilot starts, um, which is kind of a weird choice for Subaru. Um, Top trim premium models are going to fetch pretty close to $40,000 with some pretty uh, nice standard equipment, but in, you know some pretty good build quality, it looks like. Uh, but really, they're going upmarket with this, and it sounds like Subaru 
is planning to do a total upmarket charge for a lot of their vehicles going forward. Uh, this seems like a very strange decision because historically, at least for me and I think many people, they think of Subaru as kind of a, I wouldn't want to say a step up from, but a step aside from Honda, Toyota, Nissan, Mitsubishi, whatever. Um, Subarus have always had that kind of weird design quirk of being all-wheel drive, having turbocharged engines, having the flat designed engines made available. Um, and, you know, to some extent, them saying that they want to compete with Volvo and Audi makes sense in, like, what their buyers potentially cross-shop. But at the same time, saying that because our buyers cross-shop Volvos and Audis is kind of not paying attention to what the point is. Volvo and Audi, of course, have for many years been the choice of, well, we're going to say yuppies, but uh, people like me are included in that, where they offer all-wheel drive turbocharged versions of their vehicles that do well in the snow and do well in inclement weather. And as such, it's no wonder why Subaru and Volvo and Audi have always made sense and sold a lot in the northeastern market, in the Pacific Northwest, in Canada, in the uh, Great Lakes region where snow is plentiful, ice is plentiful, and people sometimes have money to spend uh, to get those kinds of cars that do well on that. So, is this going to be an ill-fated attempt by Subaru to move up market? Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Um, it wouldn't be the first time that a lower-tier brand has tried to compete with Volvo and Audi. Uh, of course, GM tried to do that with Saturn after the Oldsmobile brand closed down in 1999. That choice kind of blew up in their face and never really fully came to fruition by the time that they had closed down the uh, Saturn brand in the mid-aughts. Uh, but this, I don't know. We'll see. I'm wondering if it's just going to be the Ascent first and then they'll kind of move into other vehicles after that or if it's going to actually be a full market shift. We're due for a new WRX eventually here. Um, we've got some other vehicles that are in need of an update eventually. Uh, so I guess we'll see. I don't know. But Subaru news. It is here. It has happened. On to the next story. So in the ongoing story of Fiat Chrysler rubbing me the wrong way, uh, they've got the Fiat brand announcing at the Chicago Auto Show that they're going to make the 1.4 liter turbocharged engine standard in all Fiat 500 models going forward. Uh, this engine has been standard on the uh, Fiat 500 Sport Turbo, but not the regular Sport. Uh, for a couple of years now, it is basically the engine that's in the Abarth, but detuned a bit. Um, 135 horsepower, 150 pound-feet of torque, enough to get the car to be out of its own way, enough for it to be fun, uh, certainly an improvement over the barely 100 horsepower standard 1.4 liter engine that had been available in the cars previously. Uh, it's It's been a struggle for me and the Fiat brand over the years. Uh, as much as I love the Fiat 500 uh, in terms of the idea of driving and aesthetics and uh you know just being like a crazy weird cool car uh it's it's an old car it's it's about a decade old at this point uh we've had it in the u.s now for what five or six years uh it had been in europe for several years before that um it's a chassis that uh you know needs to be updated it needs to have some powertrain changes it did it desperately needs a redesign in the interior. The materials need to be improved greatly. It is a car that feels 
out of its time. Uh, you know, if you're going to compare it to something like a Honda Fit or even, you know, a Ford Fiesta, which, you know, dates back to a similar time frame, uh, you're going to be radically disappointed with the car that's there compared to other cars in its price range. Uh, that being said, you know, Fiat as a brand and as a company can do really good things when they put their mind to it. And it is a continued frustration of mine that as a company, uh, maybe not just Fiat, but Fiat Chrysler, uh, the parent company as a whole with their focus on crossovers and SUVs, small cars continue to be ignored uh, in the lineup. Uh, this is by all intents and purposes, a Band-Aid to continue to be able to sell this car uh, in decent numbers here in North America. I think the idea of the standard Fiat 500 has just become so incredibly strange that they had to do this to keep the car somewhat relevant. Um, but really where I step outside myself is I go, who's buying a standard Fiat 500? I mean, who who's still choosing a Fiat 500 over so many of the other subcompact cars out there right now? Yes, it's kind of in a market by itself, but for the amount of money you pay for it, I don't know why you wouldn't go elsewhere. Um, heartstrings and stuff, I suppose, and if you're in warm areas where you like to have stylish vehicles, sure, I guess it makes sense, but Ugh, I don't know. It, it's it's an ongoing thing with Fiat where, where they give you a cookie and then they also hit you over the head with a shovel and they remind you of what's going on with the rest of the cars in their lineup. It's just been such a strange time for the company. Uh, they're making cash hand over foot with the Jeep brand. Uh, the Ram brand is doing so well. Dodge is still doing pretty okay. Uh, and yet they're not investing in other brands and markets where things could be better. Uh, I would hope to challenge Fiat to give us a nice subcompact car. or Well, a compact and a subcompact car would be great. Um, you know, we need a midsize sedan. We, there needs to be some effort to be getting some kind of models to the United States. And I know I've talked previously about the potential of them bringing over GAC models to the United States and offering them as their own vehicles, which... Uh, I would rather have a Fiat-designed car uh, that can do it. And I don't know, they can do it. They, they they did the Alfa Romeo 159. It was a great car on a great chassis. You know, they did the Punto. It's a great car on a great chassis. Uh, there just needs to be more. I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. Hopefully someday Fiat will turn it around and give us the cool things that we deserve here in the United States. So a couple of stories here uh, in the off-road section of the Chicago Auto Show. Uh, Toyota announced that they're doing some updates for the TRD Pro lineup for 2019. Uh, the TRD Pro lineup, of course, includes the Tacoma, the 4Runner, and the Tundra. Uh, each of the vehicles are receiving an upgraded suspension system uh, that... Uh, well, it's going to be different for each vehicle. So one might have a little bit more suspension travel. Another might be a little bit more uh, balanced in its off-road and on-road capabilities. Uh, overall, these vehicles are improving, and that's always a good thing. Uh, Toyota's facing a lot of challenges from outside companies uh, for their, well, I shouldn't say dominance anymore of the uh, off-road market. But nevertheless, the TRD Pro models have always struck me, and I'm sure many others, of being great balanced vehicles that offer, you know, a pretty wide gamut of off-road performance 
at a pretty decent price, and the thing is, is that they're reliable. Um, as much as I give Toyota shit about being old, not updated, uh, not necessarily forward-thinking, and a lot of their brand's uh, style and execution, uh, these models look great, both inside and out, even if they're a little dated. Uh, they have powertrains that are very reliable, even if they're a little dated. Um, but they're, they're good trucks, and it's good to see that they're making some improvements where they can. Nissan, on the flip side, announced uh, at the Chicago Auto Show that they're offering a 3-inch lift kit for the Nissan Titan uh, pickup trucks, and I believe that also includes the Titan XD. Um, these 3-inch lift kits, you know, they're not going to void your warranty, and that's always an upside because a lot of people buy pickup trucks. Uh, people who like pickup trucks like to go off-road. I don't know. It's a subset of the market that I don't really get into. Um, it's a first, I think, for a pickup truck company to offer a three-inch lift kit out the door. Um, I'm not entirely sure if they're doing it uh, at the factory or if they're doing it uh, at the dealership, but uh, keeping your warranty is a good thing. And uh, if this is going to be, you know, not affect the handling in a negative way, not going to affect the ride quality in a negative way, uh, good for Nissan for doing that. Um, I would love to see more brands do that, aside from offering some special off-road version of their vehicle. So, you know, GM being GM, I'm sure they're going to go, oh shit, we need to do this too. And Ford might not since they have the Raptor, but we'll see. It's kind of an interesting choice. That definitely is going to mean that the Nissan XD uh, Pro 4X with a 3-inch lift is going to be fucking massive. And uh, yeah, keep your... I, don't, I was going to say mirrors not full, but I don't know. That's going to be one towering vehicle over many others. Lastly, in the Chicago announcements for off-road vehicles, even though this one didn't necessarily happen in Chicago or for Chicago, uh, the Ford Ranger Raptor was announced for international markets, uh, not to the United States yet. Uh, the Ranger Raptor is, of course, the Ranger-ified, or the Raptor-ified version of the Ranger. Um, so, of course, the Ford Raptor, based on the F-150, Fox Desert Racing shocks, specially tuned suspension, off-road modes, switches, toggles, plastic bumpers, all that stuff. Um, the Raptor's one of the coolest vehicles out there. Let's just be honest with one another. Um, whether you like Ford or not, the Raptor is fucking cool and offering a smaller competitor in that segment based on the rap or the ranger is a pretty cool idea um i believe european and asian models are going to get a turbocharged diesel engine uh to do some off-roading uh that definitely puts it squarely in line with the chevrolet colorado zr2 which is offered with the duramax diesel engine um no one has really said if it's coming to the united states ford has kind of hinted at that I don't know if it's necessarily the best idea since the Ranger isn't here yet, but of course having that kind of a halo vehicle to go alongside it at the launch is definitely going to sell some pickup trucks. So I'm sure that Ford's a little worried about it cannibalizing some sales of the larger Raptor, but who knows? It's hard to say. I like having this competition, especially against the uh, Colorado ZR2. I love the Colorado ZR2. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's cool. So stay tuned on that one. Hopefully we'll have some more news soon. So another entry in the ongoing series of, hey, Hyundai makes really nice cars. Uh, Hyundai announced three 
uh, hybrid and electric vehicles at the Chicago Auto Show that definitely are deserving of anyone's attention if they're shopping in the green car category. Uh, the new Sonata, quote-unquote new Sonata, uh, debuted last year as a 2018 model, basically taking what the Sonata was previously, cranked up the style, uh, really improved the interior quality, uh, suspension refinement, things like that, uh, and the new hybrid and plug-in hybrid Sonata take the new model and adapt their powertrains into it. Uh, if you weren't aware, Hyundai does their uh, powertrains for hybrids a little bit differently compared to Honda and Toyota and many others. Uh, they take a 2-liter gasoline engine, they bolt an electric motor in between that and the gearbox, uh, kind of similar to what Honda does, but their gearbox is not a CVT, it's a dual-clutch automatic transmission. Uh, so the car ends up driving more like a regular vehicle. Um, there are, of course, upsides and downsides to it. Uh, it is drives normal. It's great. It gets really good gas mileage, but uh, it can be a little bit more herky-jerky at times. Um, early versions of the Sonata and uh, Kia Optima Hybrid were noted for making weird noises and driving kind of clumsily. It sounds like a lot of that's been fixed for the current ones, and with the updated suspension on the Sonata, I imagine it's going to be a very nicely driving, driven, however you want to say that, vehicle. Um, pricing should be pretty much about the same as what the outgoing models are, so don't expect any crazy upcharges there. Uh, but more or less, you're looking at a hybrid sedan that's probably a better choice than the Toyota Camry, maybe perhaps with the exception on overall reliability. Uh, but is it better than the Honda Accord Hybrid? We'll have to wait and see. That one hasn't been announced quite yet. Uh, in other Hyundai hybrid electric vehicle news. They have announced a plug-in version of the Hyundai Kona SUV. Uh, the Kona, of course, is hitting dealerships next month. I think it's the first or second week of March, uh, so very soon, just a few days out. Uh, the Kona is kind of the not quite mid-size, but slightly smaller. I guess it's the compact SUV. I don't know. Sizing on SUVs are very strange, but nevertheless, it's smaller than a Tucson. So they want to take the battle to the Chevrolet Bolt, to the Nissan Leaf, to the Tesla Model 3, and they have designed a near enough 240-mile electric version of the Hyundai Kona. Uh, wow, what a thing. I, I uh, left field that they would go with a crossover and be able to deliver on range like that. Uh, I think we're going to see if that range ends up being, range ends up being actual real-world mileage. My guess is probably not, um, but even then, over 200 miles on a single charge for a pretty decently sized crossover is going to be pretty exciting. Um, I'm really looking forward to Hyundai really taking charge, haha, uh, of this segment and, you know, holding Toyota and Hondas and Tesla's feet to the fire. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome that this Korean company that made shitbox cars less than a decade ago uh, now has some real world-class engineering design expertise at their fingertips, and they're doing it. They're doing it well. Uh, I still haven't seen a Kona in person. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't have a Kona at our local auto show, and I wasn't able to make it down to Chicago to see the full reveal. Um, just a slight news story on the Kona. It more or less costs about what we thought it would cost, uh, low 20s, or just under 20 grand to start uh, for the base trim front-wheel drive model. Add all-wheel drive, that costs 1300 bucks. Uh, 
pretty well equipped out the gate. Um, really a lot of interesting colors. It looks like it's built pretty well. Um, yeah, I think if you're looking for a compact SUV, the Hyundai Kona is definitely one worth considering. Uh, you know, other options in that segment are going to include the Nissan Rogue Sport, the Honda's HRV. Uh, yeah, those kinds of things. I think the Hyundai probably takes the cake there. Um, but, whew, exciting time to be a Hyundai fan. And I definitely consider myself in that segment these days. We're still waiting on the official unveiling of the Hyundai, well, the Genesis G70 here in the United States. Should be happening very soon. Uh, so keep it posted. We still got the New York Auto Show coming up in a few short weeks. Uh, that'll be at the end of March. So last up, uh, we are celebrating 20 years of the West Michigan International Auto Show here in Grand Rapids. And uh, yeah, it's weird to think that 20 years ago, I walked into that building with my dad and got excited about weird concepts and prototypes and things like that that GM and Ford and Chrysler would bring, uh, but that nobody else would. Uh, I really remember in 1999 seeing the new, or the then new, Chevrolet Impala on the stand and thinking that was such a cool car. I was a dumb kid who really liked American cars back then. Uh, but nevertheless, it's it's a show that's brought back some memories, and we had our newest iteration of that once again. Uh, they had some stuff there. Um, you know, they did have a very cool uh, Acura NSX uh, on a display stand. Still probably my favorite of the current supercar crop. Uh, one of the more recent competitors to the NSX that was made available, and we were actually allowed to sit in it, uh, was the Lexus LC500. I believe they also had a 350 hybrid version of it, or 500H, whatever they call it. But nevertheless, I got to sit in the full-fat V8 version of the car. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I think it's currently my favorite car on sale. Uh, it is a drop-dead gorgeous interior. Uh, the exterior is equally as beautiful. Everything is crafted with a level of attention that, you know, only a Japanese automaker could do. Um, if you ever get a chance to sit in one or go for a drive in one, do it. Um, I am so excited by this vehicle in the weirdest of ways because it is not typically the kind of car that stirs uh, something in my loins. But this one just hits the right button for me. And wow, the, just the cobalt blue with the red interior. Ugh, it's just perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, as far as new vehicles that were unveiled, or not necessarily unveiled, but were available at the show, uh, they did have the new Bullet Mustang there. Uh, I love that Highland Green color. The car is really well executed. Uh, the deletion of all the badges make it look fantastic, and I wish Ford would do that on more models of the Mustang going forward. Uh, one weird thing about the car, I did have to explain uh, what it was to several people, and that was kind of strange. Um, nobody seems to know what Bullet is or has seen the movie, um, so I like that it's a small community that really likes it, but at the same time, it sucks that nobody knows what it is, so eh, that's whatever. They also have the new Ford Ranger sitting next to it, and the new Ford Ranger is what you think it is. It's about the size of a Chevrolet Colorado. It looks a little bit more beefy because of its square overall appearance. 
Um, if we're going to compare apples to apples here, uh, I think I might have a Ranger over the Colorado or the Canyon at this point. Uh, those trucks are very good, but the uh, Ranger seems to be a little bit more put together overall. Um, it seems to fit my aesthetics a little bit better. But we'll see. We're about a year out until we have Rangers on dealer lots, so time will tell on that vehicle choice. Uh, just across the way, they also had the new Ram 1500 uh, available to actually sit in, which kind of surprised me. Uh, the new Ram 1500 looks great on the outside. I like the updated exterior that's making uh, Ram have their own family identity. Uh, on the inside, materials seemed pretty good uh you know it's a pickup truck it's got to be a little robust uh the version that we had didn't have the big 12 inch uh touch screen thing like what's in a tesla i'd be curious to see how that reacts especially with all the issues that uconnect had uh which is definitely deserving of a story perhaps next week um they also had it's a corporate sibling i don't know what you want to call it the new jeep wrangler was uh sitting not too far away from that as well they also had an old jeep wrangler sitting right next to it and holy cow can you not tell the difference if you don't know what you're looking for um if you're looking for the split uh fenders you're looking for the different headlights the altered grill yes you can tell a difference but more or less it's exactly the same thing on the exterior Kind of a win for Jeep in that regard, kind of a loss for Jeep, I don't know. Um, the interior appointments are much improved, much nicer, much more livable. Um, I'd be curious to see how it rides and handles out on the road. Uh, Jeep's usually notorious for not being that good. Um, this, hopefully, a bit of an improvement. I would love to know how that 2.0-liter turbo hybrid powertrain works. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty nice crossover, off-roader, whatever you want to call it. Um, as far as anything else at the show, not, nothing else was really super new or super crazy. Um, hopefully we'll get to see some other new vehicles very soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, exciting time to be shopping in the market for cars. There's some good choices out there. So I guess we'll wrap it up after the bump. All right, guys, that just about wraps up this episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Isaac, and you can follow me on Twitter at YSSMAN. Uh, you can also follow this show uh, through Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN. Uh, we do offer this podcast normally once a week, and it is available wherever podcasts are sold. That includes uh, the iTunes podcast store, where it is free. You can get it for free on Google Play Music. You can get it for free in the Pocket Cast app, on Stitcher, and many other places. We do not charge for this show. So if you find it interesting, if you enjoy it, share it with your friends, share it with your family. Uh, it's always fun doing these things. Hopefully we get back to doing it once a week uh, on a little bit more of a regular basis. Uh, weather, work, sometimes it gets in the way. It's the way life works. Um, I did do an episode of the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide recently uh, about the pickup truck segment. I didn't publish it, and I, it's because after listening back to it, I had some issues with the layout of it, the way to discuss it. Pickup trucks is a very broad category, especially in the compact class. There are clear choices to be made, but I just didn't like the way that I went through it. So I will revisit that soon. Uh, you can find other episodes of the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide uh, here in this feed. Um, should be searchable within Anchor and many other podcast apps. So keep your eyes peeled. We'll try to get another one, or another one of those out very soon. 
Um, in other news, well, there's not much. Uh, the New York Auto Show was the last major auto show in North America. Uh, that one is at the end of March. I think it's the last week of March. So be a couple weeks out on that. Uh, we got some of the European auto shows coming up as well. Um, so stay tuned for those. Other car news, well, we'll see. I got to get out there, do some car shopping, check out some of the new vehicles that are going to start hitting dealer lots soon. That includes the Hyundai Kona. I want to confirm that I'm into this vehicle as much as I think I am. But uh, anyway, guys, that is about it. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you get out there, you see some cars. If the weather's nice near you, get your car out of the garage, go for a drive, clean it off, do whatever you got to do. It's going to be a good weekend. Until next time, guys, we'll see you real soon.